This is Hallway Chats, where we talk with some of the unique people in and around WordPress. Together, we meet and chat with folks you may not know about in our community. With our guests, we'll explore stories of living and of making a living with WordPress. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 34. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Jean Roth. Jean thinks of herself as a creative alchemist because she brings a multifaceted background in marketing, design, writing, and intercultural aesthetics to her design work. Hello, Jean. Hello, how are you? Hey, Jean. We're doing really well today. Thanks for joining us. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself, more than what Tara just read? Well, I'm a graphic designer um, and now also a web designer. I started off in a totally different um, area, uh, basically, you know, marketing and PR, and that sort of evolved organically. So now I put all of these things together, writing, uh, marketing, design work, um, and try to find out the best way to visually express what my clients need. That sounds pretty neat. Tell us a little bit about the how that works out day to day. What kind of clients are you working with and what kind of design and marketing efforts are you are you helping guide them through? Well, mostly I've been working with small businesses. Some of them are artisans, some are other kinds of like service-oriented businesses. Um, for quite a number of years, I was working for a publishing company. I was, uh, well, contracted as a graphic designer, doing mainly um, ad- uh, advertising design. Um, enjoyed that very, very much. Um, and when that company was sold, I decided to expand into... Uh, web design. And I already had been doing web design for myself, but uh, I decided to make this part of what I offered to clients. How did you learn? There's, There's a difference between print graphic design and advertising. I have an advertising background also, and web design. Some of some of the things that you learn are completely the opposite in, in websites. So what's been your path in learning the ins and outs of web design? Well, I started with WordPress, first of all. Oh, I, before that, of course, HTML and Shutter front page um, back in the 90s. When people started writing blogs and that became a thing and WordPress was still fairly new, I decided I needed to do that as well. And I found WordPress. I found it a little bit more involved and robust than Blogspot, later Blogger, that everybody else seemed to be jumping on. And so I started with WordPress. And for all of these years, I've had several WordPress sites of my own. But since they were my own, and since they weren't my primary gig, I could afford to be sloppy with them. I didn't have to always stay up to date. Obviously, in the past three or four years, when I've been doing this far more seriously and I'm responsible for clients, uh, I've had to really up my game. And things change so fast. The technology has changed. It seems like every two days there is something new, and it's very it's very challenging. And I'm you know I just keep learning every day to bring it up to speed. In terms of how it is different or alike from uh, graphic design or print design, 
some things still stay, things like uh, less is more, keeping a clean design, uh, making sure that your client sees or your audience sees what they need to see, uh, making sure your message is clear, um, keeping your copy succinct, all of these things still apply. Of course, there are other things. And when I was first getting into responsive design, one of the things that made me crazy was that I couldn't make my paragraphs justify the way I wanted them to justify. The lines won't break where they want to break. And I really had to just say, that's that's the way it is. That's the medium. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah, I had a very similar <laughs> I had a very similar reaction to the transition to print to web where, you know, in print when you put the photo there or you use that font at that size, that's where it stays. And the web says, uh, sometimes. So yeah. it's a, it's a psychological challenge. I get that. Not even and, going into color <laughs> and what what you can and can't do with color and how to explain to your client that their PMS color is not really translatable to the web and that what they see on their HP laptop screen is different than what you see on your retina Mac. Well, that was true even with my, you know, print clients because they get everything digitally and they see it in their email. And I had to say, it's not going to be like this. Um, One of the things that I had to learn when I went back to, you know, taking uh, web design seriously was uh, accessible design, uh, well, accessible color. And so, yes, I created a few years ago, I created a website for a local organization for whom I had done the branding, just extensive branding. And then I found out I couldn't use those colors because they really weren't the colors that were approved. So I had to kind of change them. And my nice bright orange became kind of a terracotta and I kind of weighed, which is more important, and I decided web rules rule. That's it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And in, your, in this, this path that you've taken, um, has the WordPress community played a role in that? What is, can you tell us a little bit about how you interact with the community? I know you, you live in California. Is that right? Right. I'm in yeah. Los Angeles and on the west a- side. There's a pretty vibrant WordPress community there. Are you, do you interact with them? Have they helped you? If there's a, a community, I don't know them. <laughs> I haven't okay. found them, at least not on the West Side. I know there's a WordCamp that's kind of on the other side of town. Um, LA is so spread out. As you probably know, it's not exactly the most accessible thing. So I haven't made it there. Um, I'm more involved in the WordPress community online. When I decided to get into this more seriously and for clients, I was looking for, I don't know what made me decide to look for a specific framework, but I did a lot of research, read a lot of articles about things like Divi and Genesis and uh, what was the Woo one, uh, Canvas, a friend that uses it. I don't remember uh, what it's called. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, it seemed that Genesis had the highest marks from everybody. And so I decided, yes, there's going to be more of a a learning curve there because not everything is laid out for you. Not everything is there, but, um, that would be a good way for me to learn things. Um, I read about how it was stable, how the community was helpful, how the the company itself is is going to be around. It's stable and it's dependable. And 
I decided that's where I wanted to, that's the community home I wanted to hang my hat at. So that's what I've done. Uh, the Genesis community is my primary WordPress community, although I'm also, um, you know, I also pay attention to say the word, WooCommerce community on, uh, on Facebook. Okay. But Genesis is really where, uh, where I put my, most of my attention. Yeah. That's a great community. Do you mostly use the Facebook group or Slack channel? What's your? Mostly the Slack channel because it's just so, it's just there on my desktop and, uh, and you get to know people a little bit. Yeah. It's a wonderful group and they're so helpful and I'm really very, very indebted. I'm very grateful to the people there, their generosity. That's excellent. So you've never actually been to a WordCamp? No, I really wow. wish I could be. Wow. I went to the one that was online. Was it called the WordCamp? Oh, camp? yes. There was a WordCamp online maybe four four years ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Four, four years ago when I first started. Yeah, okay. I have a journal full of notes yeah. from that. It was That was really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, maybe you'll make it to one someday. I think I hope you, so. may, you may be the first person... WordPress person we've had on the show who hasn't been to a WordCamp. Really? Yeah. I do have yes, a Everybody camp. has a WordCamp story or their first WordCamp story, it seems. And uh, yeah, they're, they are, uh, people love them. Mice I included. wish I could. I do have a WordCamp t-shirt though. Oh. An old WordCamp Tokyo because the graphic is so awesome and it's Japanese. And oh, how cool. You know, from my, my background there is that my academic background is actually in Japanese, and that's how all of this aesthetically kind of came to be. And so I do have a WordPress t-shirt at least. So Oh, that's there that. You go. There you go. I would like to have just one WordPress t-shirt. I have about 47 of them. Oh, and you have a bear in the back, I see, too. Yep, 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 from, from WordCamp US a few years ago. Uh, although it's it's more of a wapu than a bear, but I knew where you were going, Jean. Um <laughs> So let, let me let me ask you, let me change gears here a little bit. And one of our questions that we'd like to get into is definitions of success. Jean, how would you define success in a personal and or professional way for yourself? Um, I would say it would be a sense of satisfaction, contentment, perhaps. Uh, for me, it's really enjoying what I'm doing, what I'm designing feeling that it makes some kind of a difference um, and that I'm serving my clients well, if it's for my clients and if it's for myself, it's just something that gives me a lot of pleasure when I've designed it. Um, And when it's for a client, it's um, part of a road of discovery. I like to get to know my clients. I always have an extensive phone chat with them, phone or, or online, if, uh, but pre- preferably phone, anything that's audio. So I can really get a sense of who they are, what they are, and what their company is, what their mission is, and then try and figure out how to express that visually or in words if it happens to be a, a writing assignment. But usually those things come together for me. Um, and then I just get to work on how to translate that message into visual imagery. And, um, and for me, it's, it's just a pleasure to do that. Um, in terms of more personal satisfaction beyond that, I would say being satisfied or being even content with where you are in life 
regardless of any external circumstances, I think that's a really, that's a really big thing. If you can do that, you're, you're doing well. It's. Where do you find yourself then with that being said? Um, I don't think it's an easy thing. I do try to be very mindful of where I am each day, not be too hard on myself. I think people in general are very, very hard on themselves. I know I am, you know, oh, I'm not, you you know, whether it's WordPress or design or marketing or anything like, oh, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. There aren't enough hours in the day to do more. And we really need to be balanced. Um, I do do meditation and I just try to remind myself every day that it's still a journey. And that's part of it. You know, it's, um, we, we tend to think that there's some big prize at the end of a long road. And I think it's important to remind ourselves every day that this is good today, where I am right now and what I'm doing is a good thing. Yeah, you know, the it road, takes reminding. <laughs> the road itself is, is an end, isn't it? Yes. Jean, you, you said that for you, def- success, professional success. A big part of that is making sure that your work makes a difference. And I wonder if you can kind of chat us through that. What does that mean with respect to the work you're doing with your clients? And do you actively seek out some kind of clients so that your work will make a difference? And what does make a difference mean to you? Well, let's see. Um... When I work with somebody, I tend to work, my my whole design process is rather intuitive. I did not come from uh, an academic design background. And as I've said, my entry into design has been very organic. And a lot of it just comes from the gut. Um, I've many, many times had clients say to me, well, I was trying to explain to you what I wanted or how I feel my company should present itself or who my audience is or who my market is. And I just couldn't quite put it into words and you got it. And that for me is a great deal of, of success. I can't always explain how or why I don't mean to sound too, you know, woo woo about it, but it constantly surprises me. So I'll do something and I'll go, no, that's not it. That's not it. It doesn't feel right. And then all of a sudden, boom, that's it. And I would say 99% of the time, if I give my clients several comps, the ones that, the one that I think is best describing what they are, expressing who they are, that's the one that works. That's the one that they go with. Um, that's got to be rewarding. It's, it's very rewarding. Um, I do some work for also, you know, nonprofit organizations or a marketing organization that I'm in. Um, marketing, I should say, uh, actually a networking organization. And the feedback I get is really nice. Um, I just feel that even if I'm doing something where there's no compensation, at least no monetary compensation, it's very important for me to still do a good job, a complete job. And again, like I said, we're often too hard on ourselves. Sometimes we need to learn, okay, it's enough. Yeah. <laughs> Just put 10 hours into a three hour job, time to close it down. But it is very important for me to feel that I've done my job well 
for whoever it is I'm doing, whether it's whether there's compensation or not. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that, about compensation? Uh, I'm in a, a WordPress Slack group and we talk about um, not giving work away. Uh, there's a certain oh point goodness. in your business where you don't or where you have... Uh, where I say to myself, I'm not going to do free work anymore. I'm not going to discount my work anymore. And then somebody, you know, a nonprofit or something comes your way and you feel badly and, and nonprofits certainly are not usually short of money. So tell, tell me a little bit about that. When you say that if you're doing work that's without compensation, what does that make? What, how does that happen for you? Well, I've gotten much better with that. Um, I understand what you're saying about doing a lot of work for free. I tend to do that more actually with my paying clients. I can get very, you know, just carried away. It's hard for me to decide how much is this billable? How much is this my own research and learning? And I try to be really fair about it uh, to both of us. Uh, I'm more likely to be more fair to the client (laughs) than to myself. Um, And a lot of times I just forget to put the clock on. So, um, but in terms of anything like a, like a nonprofit, I haven't done any work for nonprofits that are well-funded. Um, I've done work for, you know, a very, very small local organization and uh, the one where I had to, you know, change the orange colors to terracotta. Um, and for them, yes, I've had to really watch the time because it can, it could just go on forever. And I have learned to say no. It's hard. And I feel guilty. But I have learned to say no. And you were right. There are plenty of organizations that can compensate, even if it's an honorarium, but something. And sometimes even that gesture is meaningful. Um, but I have learned. And the kind of organization that comes back to you and says, oh, but we're nonprofit, you know, um, all I can say is, well, yeah, but the electric company isn't. So, you know, (laughs) and that's the bottom line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a certain level of, of we all have to get paid at some point in order to, to provide for ourselves. And, whether or not that's through this immediate nonprofit requesting or some other paying client. And, um, you know, many times the nonprofit contacts are getting paid. And, and, and so it is tricky and, and finding the right way to say no can take some time, but it, it sounds like you're making some headway there. I wanted to ask you a little bit about being content with where you are. And you have told us a couple of times that sometimes you struggle with that. And I wonder how how do you check yourself when you're not being as fair to yourself as you should be how do you how do you cope with that how do you you know in your own way say hey gene this is not where you should be let's fix it what what does that look like for you well that's a actually kind of a tough question um well, like I said, I do do meditation. I try to get to a, a specific group every week when I can and do it in between when I can. Um, and I find that it helps tremendously, especially the one where I go physically. So that, that capacity to reach out to a community really whose focus is letting go and being comfortable with where you are. That's great that, that you have a, a mechanism right. there. That's really awesome. 
Thank you for and sharing sometimes, that. Sometimes I just need to do a reality check. Look at what I'm doing. Look at, um, e- even if it's testimonials, it doesn't matter what, whatever it is that I need to remind myself that I'm doing okay. If a certain month happens to be a little slow, that's not really um, a judgment on myself. But it's, you know, that part is hard. When we work for ourselves, that part is very hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. On that note, um, what would you say is your biggest challenge that you face, either in your business or how you approach it? You've talked about that a little bit. I would say marketing. Okay. And I know it's ironic, but... Um, my take on this is that the reason people like me exist and do marketing type, you know, based design for others is because an outsider can see what those unique qualities are. So when I say I kind of, you know, come up with the designs, for me, it's sort of an intuitive process. Um, I do have a process of discovery with clients and I ask I try to find out what are those unique things. Some of them could be a quality. Some of it could be their background. It could be all kinds of things. It's their, whatever you want to call it, X factor, special sauce, something. And they may not be aware of it. An outsider can see it and say, hey, you know what? This is something that's really unique about you. And you don't think it's unique because we don't think these things are unique. Um, They're so intrinsic to us. They're natural to us. And we can't see it. And I can't always see it in myself. I have to kind of, you know, shake myself and say, you know, this might be kind of interesting and different. And even when it came to sending in the form to be interviewed by you guys, you know, I thought, oh, well, gee, I don't design plugins or themes. I, you know, I don't do any of those kinds of WordPress things. I'm not uh, a super coder. I, I, that's not my bailiwick. And then I thought, sometimes you have to push yourself out of a comfort zone and say, well, but maybe there is something. <laughs> maybe there's well, something. We're glad you did. Yeah, and, we sure are. <laughs> and I can't always see it. And that's the hard thing. So getting out to networking, uh, networking events, um, getting involved in them, being able to walk up to people and saying, you know, hello, what do you do? All of these kinds of things. Uh, those are all things that are outside of my comfort zone. I really have to, you know, I just push myself to do it. Um, marketing, trying to um, not be, trying to find that balance between being modest and yet self-confident. Um, I find that's something I always have to work on. That can my be a earliest, challenge. my earliest work uh, environments were Japanese work environments, and you don't bluster. And then when I was out of them, I found, well, you really can't just say, "Oh no, you know, no, I'm not that good." You, you can't do that in the Western world, and and that's still with me. So I have to find sometimes say. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I enjoyed doing this and and take credit for it. I think the marketing thing can be very, very hard for most people. I'd agree. And especially that differentiator, what does make you different, what makes me different, what makes Sarah different, especially when we're just getting started and we don't really know. 
and it takes a while to get constructive feedback, positive and negative, from clients and and co- colleagues and partners to have an understanding of what does make us different. And a big part of that comes from, as you noted, getting out and networking and marketing. And let me let me ask you this around that, and it kind of relates to challenges: is getting out and being striking the right balance between being proactive and self-confident without being over the top. What tips or techniques do you have, have you developed that work for you around, around that? I think being able to hold on to a sense of fun really helps. Um, that allows you to express pleasure in what you do without becoming, without being over the top. Many, many years ago, I remember meeting somebody at a social, social event. And I said to this woman, you know, your, your little boy is just so cute. And, and again, this was in a Japanese environment where people tend to say, oh, my child doesn't, you know, study well. It, you know, it's, it's a social construct. It's not how they really feel. It's social construct. But instead of saying that, this person who was also from neither a Western nor a Japanese background just said very modestly, she smiled and she said, we love him very much. And that had such an impact on me. I learned, yes, you could just say, I really enjoyed doing this. This meant a lot to me or something like that, that shows you're behind what you do. It's, you you don't have to say, oh yeah, I'm, great. I mean, you could say that to yourself, but um, sometimes we need to. But I think there are ways. And I think expressing love of what you do is is a great way to do it. Mm, yeah. That sounds like that made an impression on you. That's a good story. That's a really good story. Would you say, uh, would you share with us some advice? Maybe that isn't, doesn't fall under the category specifically of advice, but that stuck with you. But similar to that, some advice, a single piece of advice you've received that you've implemented in your life, the most important piece of advice, if you could think of one thing. You know, I get asked that a lot. And usually what I say is not so much advice about what I should, should do or should have done, but more advice that I would not recommend because I grew up in the era of, you know, you go to school, you get a degree, get a job, you're a team player, you go to work every day, you should probably have that job for the rest of your life. And at the very worst, have something dreary to fall back on. And that doesn't play anymore. And I kind of wish that wasn't drummed into me. Just keep plugging away. Don't always go for your dream because you really have to have something there. You know, you have to have the thing to fall back on. And I'm just amazed at this generation. Some of my younger relatives or my friends' kids, and they get out of school, usually or grad school, and they just start businesses. They get angel investors and they invent things. And I'm just blown away by that. And I kind of wish somebody said, you know, you could reach for, for something really special. And um, that, wasn't how, that wasn't how I was brought up. I was brought up with people who had nice, solid um, 
city-based jobs, you know. Right. Yeah. What What do you <laughs> think you'd be doing if What do you think you'd be doing now if someone had said that to you? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, well, you know what? I didn't really pay attention. I mean, it made an impression on me, obviously. But um, at the time, I was in Asian studies, Japanese studies specifically, and I probably would have continued on, but life changed. Um, what I might have done is not stay in jobs that really weren't serving me well as long as I did, just to be safe. Mm. Um, that whole, oh, you have to pay the rent, you have to pay the mortgage kind of thing. I mean, it, not that there isn't something to that. There is. But there are times when I think we need to say, it's time to leave now. It's time yeah. to look for something better, whether it's elsewhere or whether it's by myself. But it's time because staying in this place is not where you need to be. Yeah. Like way too many times did I stay in places for too long um, out of, you know, just being overly careful or out of fear. Well, yeah, there is the practical side of things. I think it's changed a lot now with computers because people can have a lot more flexibility to change jobs, to be remote, to work for themselves. They, Absolutely. I was just hearing uh, on some financial news last week about the percent of workers who are contractors is the highest that it's ever been because people can work for themselves and be contracted out. So that's an, I think that times have changed in that sense. 25 yeah. years ago, you know, you really didn't have that much option. It was not that easy to change jobs. So I think. Well, even, yeah. even, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago to say, Hey, let's have a work meeting at a coffee shop. Like we're not hippies. We don't do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, and now it's wait, I got to come to your office for a meeting. So <laughs> it changes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. We would all maybe be born a few years later if we, we could do it over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we're working the tech pretty well for ourselves. So. We are, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. And WordPress certainly has made it easy for or easier for us to make a living in tech as old people. Speaking for myself, <laughs> of course, but... We're all very young at heart. Very, very we young at are. heart. We are. Yeah. Well, I do think the entrepreneurial generation of millennials is, is really pretty impressive. Yeah. So um, I, you know, tip my hat to them because I don't know what I would have been doing, but and, and perhaps I wouldn't be inventing something. Um, I did once have a very good idea that I wish I had patented, patented and I didn't, but <laughs> um, lost opportunity. Um, but I do really admire that. And I wish that I had grown up with a little bit more of, okay, you can reach for that, that special thing, that golden ring or whatever it is that you really want to do. And you yeah. don't have to just stay someplace to be safe. Um, but well, it sounds like you've we're still learning, you know? Yeah. It sounds like you've ended up in something that you seem to really love and enjoy. So there's that I where do. you are right now. Yeah. I do. It it where you are. A lot, of, a lot of satisfaction, a lot of pleasure to do yeah. it. I have well, wonderful yeah. clients too. I have to, I'm very grateful for the kind of people I work with. Yeah. Well, we're grateful that you joined us today, Jean. I think Absolutely we're, we are. We're, we're, we've come to the end of our recording for the day, and um, it's been great to meet you and hear more about you and all that you've done. I'm really intrigued by your, your 
Japanese um, story. We'll have to talk more after we after we stop recording. Sure. About that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being welcome. on. Where can people find you online? Um, my website is rotemstudio.com. That's R-O-T-E-M uh, studio.com. I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. And it's J-E-A-N. J-E-A-N. Okay. That's right. Right. Well, thank you again for joining us and hope to meet you at a WordCamp sometime. And thank you. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Thanks, Jean. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. Encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.